Seagate, take one. Good afternoon. Okay, that's been the worst start yet. That has really been the worst one. (laughs) Hold on. Are you getting some more summer ale? Mm -hmm. It is good, though. Yeah, it's good. Okay. All right, here we go. Seeky. Take three. Hello, HTWOW listeners. You are about to listen to episode 10, the historic 10th episode of High Tea with Old Waver. But before we get to the tunes and all of the fun banter that... You no doubt tune in to hear between Toby and myself. We want to talk to you about SeatGeek because SeatGeek is the sponsor of this show and also the sponsor of the Blowout Podcast Network. If you are a fan of music, which certainly you are, or sports, which maybe you are, SeatGeek is uh, something that you, you need to keep in the back of your mind, something that you need to bookmark anytime you want to go to a show or a game. They are the place that you need to check when you want to buy a ticket. Let me tell you a personal anecdote. I actually, I don't know if this is legal, Toby, but I actually used our code for myself. I think it's legal. You know, because sometimes like uh, they they have those uh, like publishers clearinghouse will have the rules that you can't win if you're a family member of an employee of publishers clearinghouse. Right, right. But I think this is okay. So you you use this. Yes. For what? Okay, so I'm going to Boston in June, and I wanted to go see a Red Sox game. Have you ever been to a game never, at Fenway? Never been to Fenway. Never, uh, I've only been to Boston for like half a second, so I was really excited. Can't wait to go to Fenway. You know that I've done this. You've been to Fenway. And guess what I used? SeatGeek? I used SeatGeek. This was before we had the code. That this was before could, internet? Before I could illegally... Use the old waiver code. Really? But yeah, two years ago, I went to see the Astros play the Red Sox at Fenway. Holy crap. Well, I'm going to see the White Sox play the Red Sox. And I found some seats right behind the first base dugout. Sox. (laughs) I found seats right behind the first base dugout that were exactly the vantage point that I was looking for, exactly the price point that I was looking for. They had a good value grade on the SeatGeek uh, calculator, showed you that, uh, yes, these are a good deal. And I plugged in the code, old waiver, and I got $20 off my order. Can you believe it? That's so amazing. It you feel- know, there's not a bad seat in Fenway, but it's nice to see what you're going to be seeing. Yeah, you can you can see the seat view. You can totally it's weird. you can totally have a, a a an absolute idea of exactly what you're going to get. And we want you to get $20 off of whatever show, whatever game you want to go see. Just go to seatgeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings, add a promo code, enter the promo code old waiver. O L D W A V E R. Did I spell it right? O-L-D-W-A-V-E-R. In my head, you put a couple more A's in there, but I think W-A-A-V-E-R. we've had a few few drinks. It's just old waiver. Yeah, it's just old waiver. You can spell, but go... But without the I. Yeah, there's no... It's not a waiver like that. No, it's not like you're signing away your rights in a waiver. It's just... It's like new wave. It's like but new it's wave, wave with an E-R. With an R O-L-D-W-A-V-E-R. Yes, so if you enter old waiver... You will get $20 off of your first purchase. No lie. 
whatever you want to go see, whether it's a Ranger game, whether it's uh, a show at uh, whatever the hell Starplex is called this summer, it doesn't matter. If you want to go see a show, go to SeatGeek first, see the best selection of seats, see exactly what you're going to get, and enter the code OLDWAVER to get $20 off today. I'm pretty sure it's in some Android thing. I don't know. What's the Google Play Store? I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass, but let me get to the point that I was trying to make. Man. You're Internet Dave. You should know what all this is. Don't fact check me while I'm riffing. I can't help it. Episode of High Tea with Old Waver, HT Wow. We're so glad you're back. Or maybe it's your first time. I don't know. Don't you love that song? God, it's the best. We ruined it, but it's the best. God bless you, Sundays. God bless you, Harriet Wheeler. Will they ever get back together? Did I ever? Uh, have we discussed um, when I read that article about him in the American Way? Maybe you did. Not on the pod, but oh, yeah, in, that's in life. Mean. Yeah, like they, um, somebody tracked him down. You know the American way. Right. When you're American Airlines, some flight, we were, I was flying to Roswell mm. for a Calhoun re- oh, yeah. recording. And I read in the, um, in the Amer. is it called American way? Is yes, that sir. Right? Uh, they tracked him down. And remember, they kind of quit because I think that uh, they just wanted to raise their kids. Yeah, she got knocked up or something. Yeah, and the kids are grown. So when they called them, they were like, yeah, well, the kids are gone now, so we're thinking about doing stuff. But that was about three years ago, and I haven't heard a thing. Well, let's book them on the show. Next up, Sundays. 
This is a very important episode. I don't know if you realize this, Toby, but we, as a podcast, mm-hmm. and you know, podcasts come and podcasts go. There's a new podcast every five seconds in the world. Not like this one. This is Woo! our 10th edition episode number 10 we are officially into double digits bro we are what did you get me um i got you some freaky deaky oh yeah let's jump yeah let's just talk about the beer right away yeah we um we again have learned from our past mistakes and the lessons of podcasts past and we slammed a beer before we started our first official show beer and we always start with my beer. This, by the way, is, as you probably know, a beer swap and a song swap. I bring a beer. Toby brings a beer. I bring three songs. Toby brings three songs. And this time I brought a selection from Oak Highlands Brewery. Another Belgian triple. You love the I Belgian triple. I love the triple. Belgian triple. Well, I, because I like to get... Strong beers that'll get us pretty schnockered. Well, this one is strong. This it's is 10%. Jeez. Was this another... This wasn't another stop at uh, Bucky's on the way. No, I remembered to pick it up yesterday. I went to Total Wine and uh, spent a good 15, 20 minutes... Where did you get... Up it, and down the, the beer aisles. What is Total Wine? Uh, Total Wine and more. It's just a... It's like a Specs type place in Dallas. But they serve beer at Total Wine. Well, I mean, it's a, it's total wine and more, it's which a, includes beer and liquor. But to be fair, it's a little misleading. It is, but uh, yes, Oak Highlands Brewery, which is uh, from North Texas somewhere, and um, it's their Belgian triple, which is called Freaky Deaky, and I've had it on draft, but this was the first time that I saw it in a can, and so I grabbed it. It's one of those that it's so strong they only sell it in a four pack. It's really strong, you can tell. Yeah. Um, do they always have a, a monk on the? Is that a monk? I don't know. The... I've got it in the Yeti. Let me let me Here, uns- we'll look at... let me unscrew the Yeti. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a monk who is pulling his habit or his robe. Is it a habit when it's a monk, or is that just a a nun? A habit. A nun's habit. Is that her dress is called a habit? Yeah. I've never heard that. Are you? Yeah. We talked I'm Catholic, about, yeah, bro. Yeah, you talked about it. I'm, geez, you just yelled right at my face. My <laughs> face part. All right, so but yeah, his so, habit. So I, yeah, I don't think it's... I, I, monks have robes. Monks just have robes, yeah. So, But he's, he's facing away from you, and he's pulling his robe to the side, and he's got uh, some thigh-high stockings and a high heel, a pink high heel. Yeah, and so, also so he's slightly a, looking back playfully. Yeah, kind of looking over his shoulder. Like, so he's Oops, what did I There's a draft. So he's a, a Belgian monk who's a little freaky. And he's on freaky deaky. Deaky deaky. It's good. Deaky deaky. I almost went with a like a crazy sour, but I went with uh this because I I knew I liked it. It's good. I'm glad you didn't go with the sour because of what I'm bringing next. It's uh, it's not a sour, but it would. This is better. This goes with it better. Okay, good. Um, well, good. 
Um, should we jump into a song or should we talk about the big topic last show was Zymox? Yeah, let's let's at least um, get into the Zymox show. Because if you listen to the March episode of High Tea with Old Waver, we spent the latter third of the show playing songs from Clan of Zymox or Zymox for short. And what were they billed on the show? Was it they were billed as Clan of Zymox? Okay, and and we promoted um, out of the goodness of our heart, the the charity of HT Wow, we promoted the Clan of Zymox show at Curtain Club in Deep Ellum. Absolutely, it was packed. Yeah, so and I we had we had zero expectations. They didn't thank us from the stage. No, they didn't. We didn't get free drinks. In no, any, they didn't comp our our admission or anything. Because I'm guessing it was packed because of us. Um, I don't know that it had anything to do with us, but I was blown away. I was too, and you did, but you did have to buy drinks because someone listened and. Took advantage of what you promised. Yes, we only had so on the last episode, I made the bold claim that if anyone went to the Clan of Zymox show and saw us and told us that they were there because of us, that I would buy their drinks. And we only had one person do so, uh, super fan Lana. I know, she's so nice. She's so nice, and she goes to a million shows. Yeah, if anyone deserves a drink at a show. Yeah, she definitely supports music. She will film some things. If you can't make the show, you can watch her. Is it right. usually on an Instagram thing? Yeah, she she posts a lot of stuff on Twitter, yeah. a lot of stuff on Instagram. So it's nice. So yes, uh, she's a good friend of HT Wow, and so she came up to us as we were uh, refreshing our own drinks at the bar. And we bought her a drink, and we took a photo with her. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. Because we were really, really trashed, but it was loads of fun. I look so happy in that picture. <laughs> and everyone knows I'm not really no. happy. But at that moment, super happy. So we were we were pleasantly surprised not only with the crowd because it was it was nut to butt inside and out you know because Curtain Club has that little smokers patio outside right and so that was always jammed even when the inside was jammed and their big miscalculation was they didn't open the upstairs bar I don't yeah, think they, they I don't that. think the, I don't think they were expecting that kind of crowd for Clan of Zymox yeah sure I'm guessing pre sales weren't that much I don't know. If they were, they would have definitely opened the upstairs bar. It was packed in there. So on the podcast last month, we were we were worried because of the the openers that were listed and because it's been so long. We did uh, we love Zymox of the 80s. We weren't sure what kind of scene they were going to be throwing down when we got there and the openers did not give us too much hope the the one that was directly before them was god awful but then we came to find out that the singer was ill and it was like their merch guy who was trying to sing it was their merch guy i don't know it was their manager their merch guy or their or their roadie i don't know who it was yeah because right away you did notice that she looked 
she was the main part of the band, right? Right. The, yeah. Yeah. The whatever band they were. The God, I can't remember their name. But the keyboard. Yes. Whoever was running everything, she was up front. Yeah. And, so and it she, wasn't bad. It was no. You know, gothy industrial stuff, and she had a cool thing about her. But the the poor dude who had to step in and be the singer he had sheets of paper he was reading a, yeah. the lyrics off. he was a little doughy and he had a music stand with yeah. fanned out pieces of paper with all the lyrics and he you know uh, he was doing his best he did and, a good and, job and, but that's tough to it pull is off tough. uh industrial singer guy when you look like um you know uh social sixth grade social studies um teacher right yeah, we once we found out that he was subbing, we we felt a lot different about what we were seeing, and we we actually were proud of him and we were supportive of him. It was once good. We, once it we was just once weird. we realized that that wasn't really what they were supposed to sound yeah. like, <laughs> or the, mainly the look. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, still, but we weren't sure. We weren't sure if Zymox was going to bring their their keyboards, or if they were suddenly going to be some like uh, you know ministry industrial metal band. But goddamn, if they didn't bring exactly what we were hoping to see. No drums. No drums. Two dudes in the back rocking keyboards. Uh, a dude in the front playing the bass. That looked and then so the, like the guys on the keyboards were that perfect. Like German, bald, uh, Belgian German synthesizer dudes, right? That look like they work out a bit, and they're just you know they had the look, right? And they they never have any emotion or expression on their faces, right? Right. Yeah, and so then there was the dude in the front playing the bass, and uh, you know, which he was weird. He kind of he, he was kind of an odd man out. He looked like he could have been in uh, like a Guns N' Roses cover band at some point. And then the main dude, and I still don't even know his name. We saw him on the street. Remember, we we left the the place that we were having dinner. Yeah, they walked right. And by. he walked right by. And we then were they like, remember they, crap, that's they turned the wrong way because I was like, "That's the Zymox guy." And then they went. Curtain Club was right across the street. And when they passed where the art bar used to be, they went right. Did you see that? Yes. And one of them had to grab him and go, "No, dude, it's it's right here. It's right across the street. Can't you see all the Comic Con people right across the street?" Were you? Did you kind of think that a little bit? It, like, it was a little bit dress up. When we're kids, the goth thing. Your goth. When people were at were at a goth thing, I, I never used to really dress up for goth stuff. I would just be just wear black, new wave, dude. Same thing as always. Effeminate black Toby. Yeah, exactly. But um, you could tell that these people used to maybe dress like this all day, but not anymore. And they were dressing up for the night. So it kind of had a feel of a comic book, uh, Dungeons Dragons (laughs) uh, Comic-Con. Did you feel like that a little bit? A little bit. This is kind of weird. A little bit. But still, it was also kind of cool because they were all so happy to be there together. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really fun show. I went in with zero expectations, and I don't know about you, but I had a great time. I also didn't think the singer would be so... Uh, Chatty? Yeah, involved with the crap. Like, I would picture the Zymox guy wouldn't say a word. Right. Through the whole... He had full-on banter. Yeah. 
in and between he looked great. every song. He looked exactly the same. Yeah, he had that. He's got that. Thing. I don't know what. It, how old do you think he is? Oh uh, God, he's got to be like fifty. I was thinking like fifty-five. He looks easily thirty-five. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he dyes his hair. Well, they all dye their hair. But yeah, he he looked great. He played great. They the sound sounded great. Cur- the sound in Curtain Club was amazing. Yeah. When we were talking before that we, we don't understand why people don't play there anymore, we don't remember the day that that stopped, we got to bring that up again. Yeah. that It sounds better than any club down there, by far. It's like a mini real show. Right. It's like a showcase show. Yeah. Like if you were going to bring record company people in to watch you play, that's the spot. Yeah, so may- maybe later in the show, let's circle back to this and let's let's talk about Curtain Club. Okay. And let's also talk about the uh, crazy time warp that we were in for dinner. Oh yeah, that be- because we we were uh, in a building that has has so much history and so many ghosts for both of us, <laughs> and it was so bizarre to be in the environment that we found ourselves in. So we'll we'll talk about that later, but let's go ahead and get into some tunes because we do tend to ramble at the beginning. Yeah, we did did have to re... I mean, you know, we made a big deal about Zymox. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess people... Some people tune in for the music. Some people tune in to hear us ramble. Let's try and strike a happy medium. And let's go ahead and get into the first tune. I know. Eventually, we can work it out to where people don't want to hear us talk at all. They can we just can, skip ahead. They can ahead. just hit a button to just do the tunes, and then we're done with. So it's okay. The, so the first uh, song that I'm going to play for you is, uh, and I had a really hard time this month. Is this the one you want me to guess? No. Oh, okay. This is not the one I want you to guess. Um. I had a really difficult time this month, not because it was a particularly heavy period or anything, but that's disgusting. <laughs> but I, I suddenly found myself enjoying so much new music that it was hard for me to narrow down. Oh, I love that. I love that day where you actually there's new stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I don't know, we'll have to play it later offline, but have you heard the new uh, Johnny Marr single? No, and I was thinking that that's what you were going to bring, but is that too on the nose for us? Like, of course, we're well, going to play the new Johnny Marr thing. Yeah, uh, here's where here's where my head is, because I, I like it, but I don't love it. And The last record was great. No, the last record was great, and this song is good, but I guess I want to... Uh, maybe let another single or two come out and maybe play Johnny Marr next month or the month after. I get that. You know, yeah, I'm, maybe that might need to be a promotion because he's obviously going to tour. Right. And he comes through, so maybe we need to save that. Yeah, so th- there's... We need pl- to have a full Smiths, Johnny Marr, uh, Morrissey show. Yeah. So there, there's plenty of stuff that I wanted to play, but then I thought, well, maybe I just need to wait and, and see if I want to play this or something else in a future episode. Um, so I ended up uh, deciding to go with this one first. The, the, kind of the, the arc of my um, selections. This one is the... Um, it's, it's challenging 
Uh, but it also is kind of on point with stuff that we've been listening to on the podcast in recent months. Mm-hmm. The second one is one that I'm going to try and spring on you. It's a total curveball from most of the stuff that I usually bring. And I'm curious to see how you feel about it. And then the third one is a super duper gay guilty pleasure. That's brand new. Brand spanking new. Those are my favorite guilty pleasures. So the first one, though, is a band called Preoccupations. Are you aware of Preoccupations? Preoccupations. No, but it does sound like a Depeche Mode song, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, They used to be known as Viet Cong. Okay. And they had to change their name because people thought that it was, uh, I don't know, not politically correct. Uh, They were giving them a really hard time about it. And for a while, they fought against it. And then eventually they realized we're being consumed by the controversy over our name. We want people to just listen to our music. So let's go ahead and just change our name. I can... I totally get that. Yeah, so now they're known as uh, Preoccupations. They're from Canada. They're from Calgary, Alberta. And the single... Is this an old band? Is Viet Cong an old band? Like, what is this from? What years are these? It's brand new. This just came out. Golly, these beers are strong. (laughs) They 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 started in in, uh, 2012. So they were known as Viet Cong from 2012 to 2015. Yeah, to me, 2012 was last Tuesday. Right. And so um, this is just their third album. Okay. Okay. So their first album was entitled Viet Cong, self-titled. Then they changed their name to Preoccupations. And in 2016, they released a self-titled album called Preoccupations. Man, they really don't... Put too much effort into no. the album. Well, and here's here's how much effort they put into the title of their new album. It's entitled "New Material." Perfect. And by uh, far their best album title. Yes. And uh, the album, or sorry, the single that I wanted to play for you is entitled "Espionage." And the first time I heard it, there's obvious um, Joy Division. Uh, undertones, but also it reminded me a lot of Wire, and we've been talking a lot about Wire lately. Cool. So they have a full-on post-punk Yes, they uh, they are... British thing. Yes, they are worshipping at the altar of post-punk. So let's let's have a listen. Let's see what everybody thinks of Preoccupations.
That's crazy. Yeah. I really like that, though. It, it punishes you, but it's good. Boy, would they have been the perfect band before Zymox? Yes. I mean... right up there with like um you know that cabaret voltaire uh until december just insane like you know like these people are into a lot of leather and chains and like painful piercings (laughs) are you feeling that little yeah i mean i don't know that they i don't think they really look like that i think they are somewhat normal looking dudes but they certainly channel that in their music. It's cool. I like it. That's, yeah, they, uh, the uh, entire album, um, which again is entitled "New Material," <laughs> is uh, is really good. It's if you like the kind of stuff that we like, and you don't mind being pushed a little bit. What are they on? They are on Jag Jaguar. All right, I don't know what that is. It's it's a notable indie label. Okay. Canadian? Uh, no. Where is that from? Let's see. They're based in, uh, Jag Jaguar is based in Bloomington, Indiana. Okay. That's weird. Let's see. Uh, some notable artists on Jag Jaguar in the past have been, uh, Bonnie Vare. Okay. Uh, Dinosaur Jr. What? Uh, I thought Dinosaur Jr. was like on Sub Pop. Well, I mean, I guess at some point they were on. Uh, Lady Hawk. Oh. Um, and some other stuff. That all makes sense. <laughs> a, band that- called, a band called Supreme Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, preoccupations, thumbs up. How did you, Yeah, thumbs up. Ex- totally. How, how do you come across that where'd you see that uh well i have uh you had their i had i had yeah yeah i remember when when the Viet Cong self-titled album came out and i don't know if maybe i saw them at south by southwest or something i don't Mm -hmm. know but But like is it just how many is it like two dudes and keyboards no it's like what's this look four four dudes okay four dudes band yeah and um, so one of the dudes used to be in a band called Women. <laughs> and uh, so that, that band broke up in 2010. Uh-huh. And then uh, he started a, a band with some buddies of his. Steve and Bill? Um, I guess a couple of dudes that used to be in Women with him and then the guy that used to uh, tour with Chad Van Gallen. Yeah, all of this is just friends yeah. of theirs. That... Yeah. So I was just, I was aware of them when their first album came out. And then they did get a lot of press because of the controversy over their name. And so they've I always, really, they've always. I really think they should have kept Viet Cong. It sounds like the music. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what they were going for. And But also, what's the bad press? Like, what were they. I don't get it. Okay, well, so uh, in uh, 2015. They were supposed to play a gig at Oberlin College, but the show was canceled due to their quote-unquote offensive name. Why is that name offensive? Uh, because it 
reminds people of the Vietnam War and the atrocities that occurred on both sides. But isn't that what they were? Yeah, why I mean, they were they, yeah, that, the they they were definitely going for a reaction when they named themselves Viet Cong, and, and then they got that reaction, but it overwhelmed them. And so, yeah, they changed their name in September 2015. They to put, they put, espionage. <laughs> no, to preoccupations. And uh, so their quote was, We are a band who wants to make music and play music to our fans. We're not here to cause pain or remind people of atrocities of the past. Okay, I get it. Not really, though. But so, they, yeah, they, they caved, but you can't blame them. I mean, they, they, just, they just want to play shows and not have them canceled because... Because of Oberlin so, because, College, yeah. Because some okay. some uh, liberal arts un- undergrad at Oberlin started a Facebook protest group for their gig. Oh, I got real specific. You painted a picture. Yeah, I did. So yeah, I've been aware of them, and um, and so when this new album came out, and the, the artwork is really kick ass. Um, just it grabbed me. I listened to it, and I thought to myself. I'm going to play this for Toby. And well, so I did. I really liked it. Good. It reminds me of a... I mean, they are fans of a lot of the industrial weirdness that we all used to love. Yeah. Obviously, right? I, I'll, I'll definitely play a couple of other selections for you. I in, mean, it's even kind of... The sound of it is dulled down with a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. it's not bright and shiny in any way. It's... No, yeah. Th- it's purposely muddy yeah and and it's, it's just, good i like it's, it it's it's like watching psychedelic gravy <laughs> wow you need to handle their posters <laughs> their bumper stickers the sb preoccup oh, the Viet Cong bumper stickers preoccupations bro i don't love that well but it's not up to me is it no I don't have to At deal least with Oberlin word. College. And I don't have any ground to stand on because of <laughs> the band names that I've been involved with. Yeah, like you talked about last month. Why didn't you think of Blur? Uh, wow, it's so funny that you said that's coming up later. Should I play that next? Do you want to? It would be a I, I, really good segue like we planned uh, it. Sure, yeah, let's... let's uh, Let's reconnoiter on the fly. Why don't you segue into your next track that was not meant to be your next track? Okay, I will. Um, There's no story behind it, except for... um, Do you remember remember when Great Escape came out, the Blur album? Yeah, what was that, 95? I can't remember. 96? You know when you go see a a band play, and then they play their... uh, Between the opening band and... And the headlining band, they just play music. Right. Um, and 95, September 11th, unfortunate, of 1995. That makes sense. Um, because that's right around this time when we got that record at uh, some radio station we were doing an interview with. Deep Blue Something you're talking about. Yes. We decided we listened to it on the bus a ton and we just played that between whatever the first band was because a lot of times we couldn't bring our own opening band so it was just a local supporting act that you had no control over and 
especially the way that they sounded. So we wanted to set the mood Needed for what spacer. is about to happen. Um, which probably wasn't the best idea to play a Blur record right before we, because this record sounds awesome. But I love this record because I heard it five trillion times. But a lot of people haven't heard this song. And so you would play it front to back or just side one? Well, we used to set, um, like, have an in between uh, band CD that, that you would hand our sound guy or whatever, and they would just, and we changed it all the time. But when you got lazy, you would just go, when the new Blur record came out, we were just like, just play this. And so we played it the entire record. Is that all dumb? the way through. Is that dumb? No, it's great. Yeah. We just wanted to set them, like, now it's, there was it, well, this dumb a, local uh, band. Now we need to set the mood for this is about to happen. I mean, it's dang near an hour long. So oh, that's we didn't why, play the whole thing. That's what it, I'm it asking. It was just a matter of how long the... Okay, uh, so you would just cut it off whenever you were ready. Yeah, fade out and then... So it wasn't like it, it ended right after Entertain Me or whatever that song is I don't on know. side two. Which one's Universal? Is that the end of side one? Uh, no. Is that? Yeah, I guess that is the end of side one. All right, I need to change this record now. It's a very... So uh, much work. It's a very underrated Blur record. I know, I loved it. Um, because but I kind of liked all their records. I know, I know. I remember at the time mm-hmm. that... So The Great Escape was kind of their their third of their British Life trilogy. They had Modern Life is Rubbish, they had Park Life, and then they had The Great Escape. Uh And each one was more over the top than the last. And The Great Escape was completely over the top. And a lot of people were just worn out by that time. And it was kind of a flop. And I remember... Do you think this record was a flop? I don't know. Maybe in the UK it wasn't, but in the US it was. And I remember seeing the Great Escape CD in the bargain bin every time I would go to the CD store. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, in what, 97 is when they came out with the, the self-titled record and Song 2 and kind of yeah, reinvented was, themselves. Especially for America, Song 2 was the thing. Right? Yeah, so this was, this was like their last uh, you know, statement about British pop culture before they went in a totally different direction and started to get into heroin and started to get into American music. They got into heroin? That's 13 is basically a heroin record. You think so? Yes. How do you know that? Damon Alburn's admitted it. That's when he was uh, breaking up with the, the chick from Elastica, and he was totally strung out on heroin. Is that why his, his teeth went all weird? Yeah, dude. They from, did, though, didn't they? They went. He, he was such a good-looking young man, and he is so snaggle-tooth now. Look at this. You can tell heroin hasn't happened on the back of this record. Cover. Yeah. Look at that. They, yeah, they look like a stock photo. Look at that. So handsome. Anyway, you want to play it? Yeah, wh- really what, what are you playing? Oh, I thought I uh, Universal. Oh, you are playing the Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Oh, my God. And I, they've this done... Is a, this is a... This, this is one of those songs that, that always takes me back. It sneaks up on you like... 
oh, this is pretty nice. And by the end of it... It's so epic by the end. It's crazy. Um, we'll discuss... Have you ever seen them live? Yes. All right, we'll discuss all that after the jam. Blur, Universal, starting now. I'm going to pee.
Yeah. So from this record, what are your faves? Do you want to see the titles again? Uh, I have it over here. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, Stereotypes. I mean, really, all the singles. Stereotypes, Country House, um, Mr. Robinson's Quango. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite was uh, Entertain Me, which is track 14 of 15. Golly, remember when bands used to be able to do that? Blur used to put a lot of songs on records. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm reading, I guess when I said it was a flop, it was more of a commercial flop than a critical flop, because I think critics pretty universally liked it. But um, it just didn't sell as well as their previous records. And what was about to, yeah, after song two, yeah. this record was completely forgotten about. Right. And gosh, okay, so what? So, but, but September, this was September 11th of, of 95. Like, um, this would have been somehow still involved with the Oasis battles, right? Yeah, I'm looking to see what Oasis had put out at this time. Yeah, okay, so um, The Great Escape comes out on September 11th of 95. Uh-huh. And then What's the Story, Morning Glory comes out on October 7th of 95. <laughs> and just kicks it to the curb. Man. So yeah, that was the height of the Blur Oasis tabloid battles. Oh, yeah. And um, Oasis definitely won. Maybe just maybe this record. Yeah, I'm not. Sa I'm not saying that Oasis is definitely better. I'm just saying that they won the tabloid and chart wars. The Oasis Blur battle was a good battle because they both win on in different areas. Did you feel that way? Right. And you can actually like both bands, and it's okay. Yeah. I've I've never been conflicted about liking both bands. Yeah, maybe maybe I feel if you're pretty ma good about maybe it. if you were English, you had to pick a side. Yeah, but a, as an American who just uh, is an Anglophile and just likes anything from mm -hmm. England. Yeah, it's it wasn't it's not a it's not a deep deep burn. No, yeah, we we're not held to the same rules. But I think that that's okay. If anyone would have made something up about a battle, the, those two bands, I think that that was slightly... I don't think it was as big of a deal as people made it out to be. I know. Well, and the ironic thing is now uh, Damon and Noel are better friends than Noel and Liam. Well, yeah. But that's just how that's going to be, right? Right. Brothers and stuff. But yeah, they've they've talked about recording stuff together, Damon and Noel. Really? And they've performed together, like at those you know cancer trust benefit gigs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Heroin benefits. Yeah. So yeah, um, ancient history, bro. Ancient history. I love that. I love the record. I love that song. I have no real reason that I was playing it. It's just that that could have been a song that could have been looked over. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know how many people remember that. I remember the video vividly. I remember seeing the video on 120 Minutes. 
was like a white room. Yeah, it was like a white room, and Damon was wearing like a white robe or a white suit. Yeah, I think I remember him looking. Yeah, that was at their tops, right? Yeah, I mean they had a lot of they had a big budget for the videos back in those days. Yeah. Mm. Good for them. Good record. Yeah. If you've only came across Blur from song two on, go back and listen to The Great Escape. Start with Park Life. Start with Park Life. Two records right in a row. Well, and, greatness. And I might like Modern Life is Rubbish better than it's, either I of think them. That modern, I think that's my favorite one but still that, But day. that's kind of the, the most under the radar. Yeah, during their almost charlatans days. Yeah. Yeah, that was their reboot after Leisure or Leisure. Leisure. Well, so, I yes. like that one too. I know. Yes, if you if you only are aware of Blur, as Toby said, from song two on, do yourself a favor and go back. All four records before that are worth your time. Do yourself a favor. All right. Um, I'm also I'm I'm playing something next that is brand new again. Okay. But it also harkens back to the '90s. Harken. Yes, it's uh, a a personality, an individual, an artist who uh, came to prominence in the '90s. He's still active, and we've ha- never talked about uh, this guy or his old band or really anything about this type of music, whether on the podcast or in privacy. Older, older artist, new song. Yes. Okay. And so I'm really curious to see if you have any history with this guy, with, with his uh, previous band, or if it was just totally not on your radar, or if you just flat out hate it. I'm very curious to see. So is this a, this is a solo record? Yes. Okay, so this isn't the band that he was in no. years ago. No, okay. but you if you know the band that he was in, you will be able to figure it out. But maybe you'll listen to this and have no effing clue who the hell I just played. Mm-hmm. But I this was in the, you know, in the 90s there was a dark period. What do you mean? Well, basically we just played the the Blur record from 95. Mm-hmm. From like 95 to 2000, there was just there was kind of a dark period where all of the bands that we loved from the 80s weren't really doing anything. Right. And uh, Britpop kind of faded. Mm-hmm. And... You know, you had your your Limp biscuits of the world. There was just a lot of trash on the airwaves, and there wasn't a lot to hang your hat on right. as far as current music that you could really grab a hold of. And Limp Biscuit was that late? Was it that late? Yeah, they were late 90s, right? I have no idea. Boy, they're terrible. So, I wanted to check your temperature again on this because... In the late 90s, this was the, the band that this guy used to be in was um, top three for me. Okay. I, I was obsessed with this band. I'm already obsessed I, I, with this guy. I know, 
I think I might know the band that you're talking about because you were really into this band. Okay. So let's go ahead and play it and see if your hunches is, is on track. And I'm really curious to see what you have to say. Okay. So this is uh, a song entitled Shiggy. If I'm going to make a guess, because this is around the time. Hold on, let me turn the bed music up so I feel more comfortable. <laughs> this was around the time that you were really into the British Sea Power stuff. 
Uh, British Sea Power is later. British Sea Power was around 2000 or so. Okay, so when was this? Well, I mean, this is brand new, but... Um, no, I mean, when was this guy in the band uh, that you were talking about? Uh, yeah, mid, early, mid, and late 90s. They, they, their lifespan was basically the 90s. Okay, so it's not a Manic Street Preacher thing. No. Or... They're American. American Bam. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who that was. That was um, Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks. And Stephen Malcolmus okay. was the lead singer of Pavement. Yeah. I didn't know that you were super into Pavement. I was a huge... Well, I still am a huge Pavement fan. But I feel like amongst my friends... Like, I feel like uh, me and Dingu have pavement in common. Dingu. But a lot of my friends don't at least publicly acknowledge or like pavement. And Why? So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like that, that that I'm kind of a man on an island amongst my peers. I don't know. I think that... I've always thought Pavement was a cool band. Like, why would that be? I don't know. I guess because they they are so guitar-y and jammy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I felt like that it wasn't something that you ever listened to or would be into. I, w- I definitely wouldn't have guessed that from his voice or anything. Yeah, but so... That is a short number. That is... How long do you think that is? Oh, gosh. It's like... Maybe three tops. Oh well, three's not bad. Um, but yeah, the the new album by Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks is entitled "Sparkle Hard," and it comes out on May eighteenth. So next month. Or, where where, where or, was or Pavement from? Month. Were they one of those Seattle or um, uh, West Coast? They are. Well, uh, Stephen Malkmus is from Portland. Okay. Portland. I, yeah, Oregon, I, not Maine. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. I guess. Yeah, they're from. They formed in Stockton, California. Okay, so yeah, they're West Coast. Yeah, dudes. Yeah, so I mean, I I was all about pavement in the '90s. Um, pavement and Built to Spill were my my touchstones in the late '90s. I was I I was. I was very bipolar. I was very into drum and bass and uh-huh. and, um, and big beat. You know, I really liked like Fat Boy Slim and sure. uh, I don't know whatever random UK big beat stuff would come out. I was into into that, and then I was into uh, American indie guitar rock. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, if people people that love pavement, they love built to spill. Yes. That's part of that. They, they do go together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I am a huge um, Stephen Malkmus fan. I can't believe... I need to double check and see if I've got all of his solo stuff in my iTunes, but uh, this album that's about to come out is, is the seventh solo record post-Pavement. Really? Yeah. How old do you think he is? Man... Let's see. It don't have his birthday on his wiki. Maybe he's very secretive about he his he private doesn't want life. People to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be—he's got to be somewhat, somewhat close to our age, right? Maybe a little bit older. He's a bit older than us, surely. But yeah, he's um, 
he I love his guitar playing style and of course he's most well known for his obtuse lyrics mm-hmm. more so with pavement than with his solo stuff but I like what I've heard off the new record so this ju- is this single just came out or the whole record has just come out no the record comes out comes out May 18th and uh, this single just came out like last week oh okay so, you're, so yeah, you're just we're, we're right so, on top yeah, of it. We are so new. Golly. It's so like, it's like so you're cutting Martha edge. Quinn. So cutting edge. Yeah, and my my uh gay guilty pleasure coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh-huh. Uh it's it's days old. If you it, were, came, it came out last Friday uh from when we're recording this. If you were Martha Quinn, yes. Would I be like Nina Blackwood? Or J.J. Jackson. Yeah, you're J.J. Jackson with with the Jerry Curl. Really? What was the what was what, the, what was um, the blonde guy? Alan. Alan Kennedy. No. Or no, there was later. There was just Kennedy. Yeah, I hated her. She was terrible. Um, Alan something. What was the other guy's name? Goodman or uh, Mark Goodman. Mark Goodman. Remember he was he like the leader. Like the MTV leader? Are you looking up MTV hosts? Mm, yeah. But I remember Martha Quinn always had, you know, little behind-the-scenes stuff. She'd give you tidbits. Good grief. What was Alan's name? I'm looking it up. Alan always looked like he could have been in the fix. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Do you feel that way? Let's see. Martha Quinn. Uh-huh. J.J. Jackson. Perfect. Mark Goodman. Mark Goodman. Nina Blackwood. Love her. Alan Hunter. Alan Hunter? Mm-hmm. Is that, but his face is obviously there. Now he's back home in Birmingham, Alabama, where he produces commercials and hopes to produce movies. Now 44, he's divorced and shares custody of his two children. He's only 44 now? Well, as of whatever this thing is that I'm reading, who knows when this was published, because there's only a month and date, not a year. Shut up! Holy Jesus. Wait, what was that? What were you playing? It was an ad. (laughs) Ruining our podcast. (laughs) Well, it's... We accidentally hit another really good segue for what I'm about to play next. Really? Because all of those people would have played if uh, the B-52s had a video for this next song I'm going to play, which surely they did. Um, But I'm not positive. You might want to look it up while we're playing it. Okay. Um, And I played this during our hot DJ set the other night, but you probably weren't paying attention. No. I was so wasted. Do you remember the I was re- macking on chicks. Do you remember the record Whammy? No. Because do you, you, what, you, what do you think about the B-52s? I to me they're a bit band. They're they're like they they're like uh they their parlor trick uh-huh. is, is having beehive hairdos and uh, a really over the top flamboyant gig dude that talks. All that's true, but to me there's two different B-52s. There's I mean, I'm really, I only was aware of them when uh, Cosmic Thing came out. Okay, so, so, the, their I, so early I, didn't, stuff, I didn't know their early stuff. The um, the guitar player died. 
but in the early of days, AIDS? he did. Really? I think he was one of the first. You can he look was patient that up. zero? Well, he wasn't the first guy with AIDS. But he was like the first time that all of us kind of heard B of what is this AIDS thing and AIDS can kill you. AIDS. Um, Ricky Wilson? He was the guitar player guy that wrote all these cool songs, but it was before. Like, I, I never liked uh, Rock Lobster or any the kind of like bit tunes like that. But they're. But this record has a lot of great tunes on it, but Legal Tender can go up against any keyboard jam that there is. Uh, Ricky Wilson died on October 12th, 1985 at the age of 32 from complications related to AIDS. Yeah. Following... See, so 82? That's No, no, 85. Oh, okay. Following... God, seriously. I think when I say words, they go through your brain uh-huh but only like pieces actually stick in the cobwebs that are in your head and I'm, you, you I'm, only hear like half the things I say right like what I'm saying their fourth album bouncing off the satellites was released right after he died when was Whammy recorded? Uh, let me look. Let me look. So when you said your brain a second ago, you meant my brain. Yes, I meant your brain. Okay, so Whammy was their third album in 83. Okay. And then Bouncing Off the Satellites was in 86. Then Cosmic Thing with with Tin Roof Rusted and all that garbage was 89. So was this his last record? No, he recorded... On bouncing off the satellites, but then it came out after he was pass away. Okay, so the drummer, if I remember right, of the original B-52s became the the guitar player to replace Ricky. I'm gonna have to take your word for I, it. I just I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. If when I show you the picture on the back of Whammy, you'll know that this guy turned into the guitar player. But anyway, um, I've always loved this tune. If you read the words while it's going by, it's it's very clever. Does legal tender mean any like the title of that? No, I, this may be brand new to me. In which no, I know which, that you've heard this. In which case, I'm I'm excited, but I guess you're Here, saying I shouldn't be excited. I'm going to give you this. You know, you want me to read the lyrics while I'm listening? Well, you don't have to. Do you want them? Let's just play Rock Lobster. No, Rock Lobster's not on this. Rock, Rock Lobster! Lobster! It's like one Ooh, of those tunes, you know when they used to play, um, like if Rock Lobster in a club would start up, or that any of those violent femme songs. I hate those songs. You'd just stand in the corner with your arms crossed? No, I was probably out there. Anyway, read the lyrics. This is called Legal Tender by a band from Athens, Georgia, right? Sure. Called the B-52s. You may have heard of them. It goes just like this. Legal Tender 
By the way, you were right. Keith Strickland, the drummer, did switch to guitar after Ricky yeah, Wilson passed away. You'll recognize him. The one in the middle was the drummer, and then so for like, what's it, Tin Shack, Love Shack? Mm-hmm. You recognize him from the videos, yeah, and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a good-looking man. Yeah, and I think he. Uh, Remember, they got that really cool uh, girl drummer later, I think. Do you remember that? Mm, no idea. Anyway, what do you think of that jam? It's good. I mean, they're one of those bands that they have parts of their catalog that I am pleasantly surprised by and other parts that are immediate punch-outs. Right. I just really, for some reason in that tune, I love her voice. Yeah, mainly when she says heavy equipment really loud. <laughs> and that's that and um I think last time I was down here you played me a remix. And granted it was a remix of something or other. I I'm I'm always surprised when I hear B52's tunes that are more keyboard driven than anything else. Yeah, I mean they I didn't, used I, to be I, a I, I didn't know they hit. really did that. Yeah. I mean, that's what they kind of. That's I, why I, they were so weird. In uh, I just associate them with like the surf rock, rock lobster type thing. Yeah, and I think that that, that was a bad thing for. Them. I mean, well, it was a good thing for them because it was huge, but also it kind of made it turned them into a, a bit band a little bit. But then that one record was it Cosmic that had Love Shack and yeah. uh, tour. What was the um, Rome? Rome and all that. They were. I mean, that was huge. But that was around the time where, like, I think at the same time that came out, that ZZ Top record, um, Velcro Fly and all that stuff. Oh, Afterburner? Yeah. It's like <laughs> there was a bunch of massive records that you were like, oh, okay. But yeah, I always I always go back to that tune. I think it's mainly because of the words and the, the keyboard sound. I mean, I would, I would like to listen to that album front to back just to immerse myself in 1983 B-52s and yeah. see, see if it, see if I can I mean, come if to you heard that band in a, in a small college town in Georgia. Right. And they it were would playing blow your that, mind. And they looked that way. You would freak out. Yeah. There was a reason why they they got as big as they did, but yeah, that's a it's sort of a guilty pleasure. But it's crazy how they did go from such a niche band, and then Cosmic Thing was so huge on the radio, right? Like they they were a very, uh, you know, under the radar college radio band and then they became a pop radio band yeah they were almost around that whole uh cbgb talking heads right and then i think she what was the song that she was the guest singer on with rem that was so big oh it was on out of time uh shiny happy people yeah and that wasn't a great song either no that was well after i had checked out on rem but yeah but yeah that that was I mean, it, there there was a time where bands got played on the radio, and not just artists. <laughs> wow, that was a really heavy statement. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm really making a stand. 
Uh, we changed the beer, by the way. Did you taste it? I did. And you know what? I remember seeing this at the, the fancy beer store I went to. But you haven't had this. No, I have not had it. I mean, you as a, uh, as a Houston apologist, you always are quick to grab the Carbock. Well, we haven't had a Carbock on the show yet, right? I want to say we have, but well, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I think I've been uh, on purpose not doing it because you're right. Around here, around College Station area, Houston, anywhere, Carbock has the market. Right. Like if you're going to go someplace of some bar that thinks that they have these are the local these are tap, craft beers, craft whatever, Carbock has half of the taps. Right. Wouldn't you say? Mm hmm. But in. But not did, really. Did somebody in, buy them, by the way? I don't know, and I'm not really sure where they're from. Are they Houston or Conroe or something? I think. No, it's I just straight up Houston. It says it right here on the back. But this is their Tasty Wave Summer Ale. Tasty Waves, bro. Because I thought, and it does sort of look like it would be a, a like a Geo Wolf album cover. You yeah, see they that? were they were acquired by Anheuser Busch. In uh, November of 2016. Good for them. Because uh, I think Anheuser Busch bought Revolver in uh, North Texas. Revolvers from Granbury, I believe. Do you like the Revolver? I, I do. I mean, the the Revolver that you always find is the Blood and Honey, and that's not necessarily my favorite. But that they're okay. seems to be they're in okay. a lot of places. Well, a few years back in Fort Worth, that would be in a cooler backstage. It's tons of revolver <laughs> on a hot day. And you're like, really? I don't know. It's okay. I don't love it. I do like this. I mean, I'm always on the, the hunt for my summer beer. It's refreshing, isn't it? It's uh, like you this on ice, and I know that's not a you're not supposed to do that, but I, I feel like that this could it's be ridiculous. Good. This could be good on ice. I've been drinking a lot of ciders on ice. Cider on ice is one thing. Beer on ice, no. You've been hanging around with. Well, I'm not going to even say his name. He who shall not be named. You've because been hanging he's out named with, every single episode. I know. You've been hanging out with him too much, and he puts ice in his stupid light beers. You're right. This is all true. But, you know, he did, um, this person, <laughs> um, hit me up the other night about our SeatGeek password. Oh, yeah, you texted me. That was him. And did he buy something with our password? Are we going to get credit? He wants to escape the heat in June and go see a Cubs game. So he used... Sweet! He used SeatGeek. Nice. And used the old waiver. That's brilliant. Did you notice that I uh, have a problem with it every time, but I couldn't remember it when he asked me what the... Oh, yeah, because you're mad that your name's not in it. <clears throat> yeah, but I also... We, we've done this a thousand times, and I couldn't remember <laughs> the old waiver. <laughs> Jesus. It oh, is I, you cobwebs know in my brain. What did you call it a second ago? Yeah, cobwebs in your brain. I should mention... I hate that you said that. I should mention that you said I, the truth. <laughs> I always, I always forget to mention this, and I feel like now is as a good a time as any. Okay. If you're listening to this program and you happen to like it, I don't know why you would, but if you are still 
listening, if you haven't pressed stop and thrown your phone against the wall. Why would they? You mean because of your, of your voice? Yeah, because they hate the way I sound so much. You're a local celebrity, Dave. But you're an international you need to give celebrity. Credit. That's true. It is I true. Um, but if you are a fan of this show, and uh, the, the best way to keep track of this show is by subscribing to the Blowout Podcast Network on iTunes or on the Google Play Store, whatever. But is it on that? Is that a thing? I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's in some Android thing. I don't know. What's the Google Play Store? I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass, but let me get to the point that I was trying to make. Man. Don't, You're Internet don't, Dave. Don't, you don't should know what all this me. is. Don't fact check me while I'm riffing. I can't help that. Uh, but if you want to catch up on previous episodes, if you uh, just want to bookmark a site where you can keep track of all of our episodes in a very easy, convenient place, uh, go to oldwaver.com. I always forget to mention it, but oldwaver.com, it's my, my shuttered blog, but it's now repurposed as the home of High Tea with Old Waver. And so if you look at the top, there's a tab that says podcasts, and you can look at the entire history of our wonderful you can go back to the Christmas episode. Yeah, you can go Remember back. Remember that? You can go back to the Christmas episode. You can go back to the special Depeche Mode Front Two Four Two episode. Oh, that was when we were babies. You can go back to the August episode, our first episode where we had no idea what we were doing. The launch. I don't even know what we're gonna. Uh, who's up next? It's it's my turn. Well, let's before you play. You didn't give me a. You said you kind of like it. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, the Tasty the, Waves uh, Carbock. The Tasty Waves, yeah. I, I like... mean, we're saying Carbock like everyone should know what that is, but Dallas people have no idea. This is Yes, they in... do. Is Carbock in bars there? Yes, Hopadillo, Love Street. Love Street's the big one here. Like, I think that that's their, uh, like, flagship. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the Would one you that say they, that? Yeah, the one that they have in every bar is probably yeah. Love Street. I feel like in stores that that's the one that... There's always Love Street, and they might have one other version. Right. But this is a seasonal, and it's not going to be around for a while. Tasty Waves, Summer Ale, and I usually it has hate, a, It has a hint of lime. I hate but, beers but with flavor. But it's not like Bud Light Lime. No, it's not it's like It's not like that. artificial lime flavor. It just has a little sweetness to it, but I like it. It's nice, easy drinking after our Freaky Deaky. Oh, especially after the Freaky Deco. That beer was tough. How strong is this one? Probably not even close. I don't know. Does four, it say on the can? Point, yeah, exactly half. So this is well, a, yeah, this is five percent. Well, I mean, and what if you brought was ten. If you're out by the pool, so you don't need a you don't need a ten percent beer. You want to try and uh, you want to try and spread it out for a while. Are you gonna try to get real tan this summer? <laughs> Should that be our bit to see how tan we can get? I'm, I think I'm going to buy a membership and start spray tanning because I don't have the patience to lay out. You wouldn't really spray tan, though. Sure, why not? I'd love to see it. That'd be awesome, Tan Dave. You've lost a lot. How, how much more weight have you lost? I, I'm, I'm holding steady. I'm, I, I've lost, I guess, 20 pounds. But 
it kind of flattened out a little bit yeah, because on, of Easter was a thing. <laughs> I'm on a plateau, but at least I'm not gaining it back. And I think at some point, because I've started uh, the workout thing, uh huh, slowly but surely. So I feel like where are you working out? Uh, I, did we talk about it last time? I got the the Peloton. Yeah, well, if I cut it out, I shouldn't have because I finally saw it when I stayed at your house for the Zymox thing. Right. That thing is really it's, high tech. It's pretty straight. badass. It's awesome. Um, so you've actually you do get on it every day? Not every day. It's weird that you have to put on the shoes. That's yeah, the only yeah, problem. Yeah, I you have. have to. Yeah, you have to have the uh, the clip in shoes so your feet don't slip off the pedals. <laughs> so you kind of you're like walking around the house with that kind of yeah, toes like up clip, thing, clip clopping. Click, 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 Yeah, so I I've not gotten into the habit of doing it every day, but I have done it somewhat. And you go with the coaches. You don't do the scenery routes. Yeah, most of the time I do the classes because I like to. Look at the chick doing the class. That, and I also like to see my myself on the leaderboard. Excuse me. Oh, they have a little thing that you, you're competing against people. Yeah, like if there's a thousand people in the class, you can see, you know, oh, hey, I'm I'm number two hundred, and then you uh, <laughs> you you crank up your uh, resistance, and oh, I, I'm now I'm up to one eighty five. Have you broken a hundred? Have I broken a hundred? Yeah. Like my top, my top 100. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I'm usually consistently in the top quarter. I've heard that that the instructor, if you tell him it's your birthday, will say something at the beginning of the ride. Well, you you're on your profile. You can put in your birth date if you want. Did you do that? No. Dave, come on. Inspiration. But yeah, if if you want to. Um, if you want people to give you shout outs, I guess you can say where you're from and say your birthday and all that stuff. You're having a baby. Put your picture on there. I haven't done any of that. But I do like to look at myself versus the the rest of the people that are taking the class. So that's your you don't really go to a gym. No. I've I've realized It's much easier to just kind of roll over to your Peloton. Yeah, I've realized that I well, okay, so I can't remember if I mentioned it on the pod, but I had joined like a um, like a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Not that I was wanting to be a CrossFit bro, but what is a CrossFit? What what's the difference of that gym in a in a gym? Well, it's it's kind of like if you've ever done like a boot camp class. Oh yeah, you used to do that. I yeah, a long time ago I used to do boot camp classes, and I liked it. It's too early. Yeah, it's way too early for me now. But um, I did like the class setting, and why? Because it made you feel like if you missed, people would know that you weren't there. Yeah, there's accountability, and it, and it's just it makes it go by faster mm-hmm. instead of just you and weights or whatever. Right. And so I joined a, a like a CrossFit gym, thinking that um, you know I would enjoy the the camaraderie whatever Mm -hmm. and i did like it but at my advanced age my joints just couldn't take it like my what were they making you do well mostly you know they they do a lot of uh step-ups where you you 
have a box and you're holding weights and you're stepping up on one side and off on the other and you're doing squats well, or thought, whatever. I thought you meant that jump thing, you know, where they jump like nine oh, yeah, yeah. stacks of... Yeah, yeah, the the jumps and everything. There's, there's just a lot of explosive movements in CrossFit and my joints and my body just did not agree. You know what I don't think is right? Um, the rope thing. What's the rope thing? You know when they grab the ropes, like every time they show like Drew Brees working out or something. Oh, and they and whip then they're the like ropes. whipping ropes up and right. down. It doesn't seem like that that is good for you as far as um, <laughs> body movement. Does that? Have you, you done a lot of research on this? Yeah, I just go randomly and just pick up ropes and give it a shot, like real skinny ones, <laughs> and then like super giant ones, like down by the docks at College Station. Uh huh. The College Station docks. Have you ever been? No, let's around? go tonight. We'll go to around the docks tonight. Real sparse down by the docks in College Station. Yeah. You'd, be, you'd be surprised. But have did you in your cross training? Did you do the? No, no, never did you that. Didn't do the pick up the weird ropes and the. No. Yeah. Have so you, have you ever done that? No, I've never done the the weird ropes. All right, I've done it. Like what, Let's do weird to, ropes tonight. Let's go down to the docks and do weird ropes. We will. Um, I bet you I can do more weird ropes than you can. Oh, Dave, you don't want to get into a battle like that. I mean, when I say I hate it, I still do it every night. They're really bad for you. The the ropes? Yeah, I feel like that. that's not a good like thing. It, like you're shredding your rotator cuff every time? Shredding everything. It, it seems the whole movement of the, let's pick up some ropes, but people love it in commercials. Like Nike commercials, they love to show the the chick that's has pretty good arms right. picking up the ropes and doing the... Or, or, or they do the thing where they flip the giant tractor tire. You're not supposed to flip tires. Lift with your legs! Did you not do the tire thing in your cross training? <laughs> no, we didn't do that. What did y'all do? Just hang out? What did you do? No, I mean, there was a lot of like, like uh, uh, barbells, like squats and uh, you know deadlifts and. What was the cross training? Well, I don't know. I, I don't. There I was cross... there was there was some there was some running and there's other stuff like wall climbing. Not in the class that I did. Have you ever done that? No. It's really painful. Don't I bet. It hurts your back a I lot. I bet. And your fingers. So delicate. <laughs> but you it. know, uh, was it last time or the, the time before when my, my knee audibly cracked on, <laughs> on Mike? Yeah, and I put reverb on it too. Here. Did you? It went. <sighs> um, no, so I had, uh, that was because of, of the, uh, the CrossFit and I had to get a cortisone injection in my knee. You're kidding me. No. Uh, but now my you got a cortisone thing after the pop thing. Yeah. No. 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 Before. Before. Oh, okay. Before. Okay. Yeah. There, I was. I was on the road to recovery at that point. Man. But yes, I. I did get a cortisone shot in my right knee. What's that needle look like? Is it? it I mean, it, it's. It's a good three, four inches long. They just kind of get in under the kneecap and just shoot it up. <laughs> it seems like you've had this before no that was the first time i did it. i mean i i was fascinated watching like it was weird you so, okay so you don't have a needle problem no i i'm no i'm not like squeamish about I, I am not either it's it's disturbing how i can watch 
the needle. Yeah, when they're drawing blood or, or whatever, yeah, I'm looking straight at it. It's it's why I'm really happy I was never at that heroin party. <laughs> you know, when people, people are always like, well, yeah, he got on heroin. I'm like, I've been at every strange, weird party, and no one has ever brought out the heroin bag. Have you been at that no. party? No, I've never been at that party. I feel like that at some point we would have been at where that would have happened. I mean, I think we were probably at a at plenty of parties where people put opium in the weed. Well, that's fine. But the the but the heroin um, dude never came to any. It was it was probably the pre heroin days. Like, could was you there could ever you, a pre heroin? Could you really get heroin? In the early 90s? Of course you, you could get it in the 70s. I don't know. In Denton? Dude. Well, maybe not in Denton. Well, could you? You maybe could. I don't know. Either way. Anyway. If you have any, please send it. <laughs> or go scarves. To, go to Old By Waver. Go to OldWaver.com. We've changed our scarf wall. Yeah. Um, To what it should be. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, because the other one fell on... His name that should not be mentioned the last time we were recording. Did it hurt him? I hope it hurt him. Well, I just turned around and I was like, what is wrong with you? And it was just resting on him the entire while. It fell off the wall and landed right on his head. He didn't I, say I hope anything. it was my fault. Um, no, it's because I hung it with... There's a little tiny nail over there to the right of you. And I had two <laughs> of them in this giant down. wall and it just sunk till it finally went. Yeah, so I have to hang this happen. one for real. This one's the one that's normally in your room. The, the, the guest quarters. The, what do you call that? The fabric cushion thing. Uh-huh. Which is better. It's probably why it sounds so much better in here right now. Listen to our voices. Yes. When we talk directly in the microphone. Those first beers you brought were very, very strong. I know. I really want to slam this beer because I want another one. I know. Let's get one. Let's listen to your next jam, and then we'll, I'll get a beer while we're doing that. Okay. So the the next song that I'm going to play is, uh, you know, we usually save our guilty pleasures for the end. I know. I think we both have pretty good party songs. Yeah. At the end. Yeah, because you've accidentally played the beginning of this like sorry. three different times. I'm sorry. I'm sorry life happened, Dave. I want this to be seamless and perfect always. Um, yeah, so the, the band that I'm going to play next is uh, an English band that, so far as I know, only myself and our friend Craig likes. But uh, they're a band called Friendly... Can we even mention Craig? I don't know that he listens to this. So he, of course, doesn't listen. Definitely he, does not listen. I mean, when he's on his his cog business trips, he has plenty of time to listen if he would like to, but he doesn't support us. Should we explain what that means? He deals with... Um... Well, okay, so amongst our group of friends, we never really talk about work, and none of us has too much of an idea what the others do except for obviously toby is a musician we all know that toby is a rock star how could you not know but the rest of us we we don't talk about what we do for a living so it's a mystery and our friend craig is in a family business that uh i guess they sell uh industrial parts 
stuff it's for like tools for machinery and stuff for tools and whatever. And so he always jokes that he's in cogs and sprockets, like the Jetsons, right? And so anytime he's out of town, he's like, "Sorry guys, I'm cogging." Yeah, he's cogging, and he's always cogging. And I would say twenty percent of the time he's telling the truth. Yeah, but most of the time he's at home on his couch, and he's he just and he's doesn't definitely want to come out. and he's definitely not listening to our podcast. But he is the only other person on the face of this earth that I know that likes this next band. They're called Friendly Fires. They are from uh, Herefordshire, England, mm. and they just put out a brand new single, and it's called Love Like Waves. i 
I'm just drinking some tasty waves, listening to Love Like Waves with my toes in the sand. Isn't it perfect? <laughs> it, um... Man, I love that. How long have they been around? Okay, so they, um... They came out in 09. And they were on the shortlist for the Mercury Prize in 09. Like, the, that's like the album of the year in the UK. Yeah, I remember the name, but I can't remember the, uh, their, is, this is a new song? Yeah, this just came out. Yeah, I can't remember why I knew them in the first place. Yeah, like, so, so they had, um, they had an album, a self-titled album that came out in 09. And, um, it had, uh. How do you feel about that? What? When bands do the. Self-titled? This is a band guy asking music lover. I don't have a problem with self-titled. It doesn't affect you in any way. Whatsoever. No, I think it makes sense. It makes sense if it's your first record, or if maybe it's your third or fourth record, and you're like, "This is who we are." What do you what What do you think about when it gets to a point where it's like Chicago? No, that's stupid. Thirteen. That's stupid. You don't like that? No. Where they just number the records and call it the same? Yes, that's stupid. Okay. So um, on that first wow. record, there were a couple of um, a couple of singles that I don't know. I doubt you heard, but there is a single called "Jump in the Pool," another called "Skeleton Boy," and then they. Uh, so they're like a party band. Yeah. If they have a tune called "Jump in the Pool," I already like it. Yeah, and then um, like, they came like, out with their sophomore record in 2011. Spot pass. It was called uh, Pala. And um, and I I saw them somewhere. I may have been Lollapalooza or something. I, I've I've seen them live, and they're great fun live. Uh, but then they they just kind of went away, and then this is their their comeback single. I guess they have a an EP coming out pretty soon. A lot of people are doing the EPs because they feel like um, the listener cannot handle more than four or five songs at a time. What do you right. think about that? I, I mean, I guess it. I guess in the age of Spotify and Pandora and whatever, where people aren't necessarily buying full albums anyway. Yeah, it's that, going back to a single. Yeah, that it that if you like the fifties. Yeah, that if you have a handful of songs that you want to put out together, that's fine. But it's better to space things out to maximize your exposure rather than putting 12 songs out at once and having them disappear in a week. Yeah, because no one's going to listen to the whole record with their friends. Right. Like he used to, back when you were in your little bedroom with all your posters on your wall. Dave. Right. What did you have on your wall? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what did you have? Uh, was there was I, Heather Locklear involved with anything no, on your wall? No, my mom would not have let me have a a cheesecake female poster on my wall. That's true. Uh, same thing with me. I can have uh, Depeche Mode looking in yeah, all yeah, leather. I, I can only I can only pretty imagine. Pretty much half of my posters look like all gay dudes, but I couldn't have uh, a chick poster in my right room. in a bikini like no like way. heather thomas all of my from friends the fall did guy. though you know what i mean right 
are like that Farrah Fawcett from, I mean, this would have been a little older for me, but I remember a lot of my brother's friends had that exact same picture that's in the Twilight bathroom. Right, yeah. Which I still look at every, it looks amazing. That Farrah Fawcett. That's it. Fair, yeah, fair. that was from like 77 or 78, <sighs> something like that. so good in that thing. So you didn't have chick posters up no. in your room. What did you have? You have a car? Did you have a, like a Lamborghini? <laughs> no, I didn't have it. Did you have that Maxell poster with the dude in the chair with the wind blowing? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Is that Maxell? No, yeah. The, the I didn't have the Maxell poster either. Okay. Do you have a Knight Rider poster? What are you looking up online? Dave's uh, bedroom was not on. I'm looking. The uh, Giga back I'm then. looking up when that poster came out of Farrah Fawcett. Okay. <laughs> Why won't you tell me what was on the walls is in it, your bedroom? It, it's it, all it says is it 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 was the best-selling pinup poster in history. I can totally. It's awesome. but it but it doesn't say when it came out. Hang on. Okay, in 1976. After Pro Arts Incorporated pitched the idea of a poster to of Fawcett to her agent, a photo shoot was arranged. Blah blah blah. Fawcett styled her own hair and did her own makeup mm-hmm. without the aid of a mirror. Corpus Christi, I think. Her blonde highlights were heightened by a squeeze of lemon juice. From 40 rolls of film, Fawcett herself selected six favorite pictures. Eventually, the choice was narrowed to the one that made her famous. Well, that's a good one. She nailed it. The resulting image of Fawcett in a one-piece red bathing suit is the best-selling poster in history. Is it really? That's what they say. And you can definitely see those pencil eraser nipples. Wow. I didn't know we were going to get to that. Look at it. See? Right there. Can you see see the nipples? No, I don't see. It looks great. But I can see why your mother wouldn't want that on your wall, Dave. Yeah. No, my, my um, junior high bedroom... Was a very metal bedroom. Oh yeah, you were metal, Dave. Yeah, I was metal. Like, would you have like Dokken? Yeah, I had a Dokken poster. <laughs> Did you? Really? Yes. Are they the yellow and black? Yeah. Dokken. I had a. Uh, it was a. It was a. It had the Dokken logo, and then it had the four dudes with a bunch of smoke, and they were all wearing like pastel suits or something. Really. Yeah, let me let me look up Dokken poster. I'm sure I can find it. Did you have a uh, Van Halen poster? No. Uh, Dokken? Do you have a rat poster? No. I had okay, so I had a Dokken poster. Uh huh. It wasn't exactly this, but it was like that. Oh, I didn't know that they used to kind of dress up like that. They're dressy. Yeah. Yeah, they they went through like kind of a like a new romantic stocking. Like yeah, like a new romantic gay glam phase. Yeah, that's okay. I can, that phase was all right. No, it was like it was, I guess it was maybe like this. It was like the it was like the under lock and key album cover. Okay. I don't know a ton about Dawkins. We should totally listen to some Dawkins tonight. Uh, uh, I'm going to school you I'm on okay. Dawkins. I think we're okay. No, I, I'm, definitely, not, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to play you some Dawkins. Uh, no, the other things that I had on my wall besides Dawkins, I had a uh, a Megadeth poster. Jeez, I didn't know you were so metal. I mean, I knew about the rat thing, but we all liked rat. Right, everybody liked rat. But yes, no, I had a uh, 
Dokken, Megadeth, and then I had three Iron Maiden posters. Holy crap, really? I had Two Minutes to Midnight. Okay. Uh, A big giant Eddie poster? Yeah, Two Minutes to Midnight was uh, the the uh, Eddie in front of the United Nations. Okay. Where the United Nations is in rubble. You're looking at me like, of course I should know You this. should know this. Why? I, no, I don't. Uh, the other one, I, I had uh, Somewhere in Time. Okay. It was where he was like the, the, you know, he had the gun and he was in the future. Okay. Eddie was in the future. There was like the album cover of Somewhere in Time. I don't remember. My brother would remember all this. I and then remember. the third one I had was, um, how was it? Power Slave? I can't remember the third one that I had. Okay. That's great. In junior high? Yeah. So this is like 1985. Uh, yeah, no, it was like 80, say 86. Yeah. 87. Jeez. Man, mine was all uh, those giant ones you'd get from the record store, and it was. Duran Duran. No, it was Catching Up with Depeche Mode. The gayest poster ever. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the huge, the Echo and the Bunnymen, where it's just their shadows on that hill. Right. And he's kind of doing his arms out. And um, I want to say there was a cure, you know, the um, where they had the fluorescent stuff on them for in between days or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was no, r- just no, for uh, it was it was around "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me," right? It was for um, the record before that, "Head on the Door." Oh, the okay. "Head on the Door" one, but they had like the stuff on their face. yeah. Well, I guess they always had stuff on their face, but anyway, that's what I had, and I'm sure. <laughs> and now that I look back on, like, why were my parents not worried about that? Yeah, I'm sure that my mom, my mom who. When she was probably in her early 20s, spent time in a convent, uh-huh. thought about being a nun. Really? Yes. So that's why you know what their robes are called. Right. Um, I'm sure that even though she was probably relieved that I didn't have a poster of Farrah Fawcett, she was probably really, really concerned of my three Eddie <laughs> posters. Yeah, I mean, you had the devil itself on your wall. Well, and the, and the, the Megadeth poster was the uh, the peace sells, but who's buying? You know, they, they basically had their own version of Eddie. Yeah, see, once again, Dave, you're acting like I should know what any of this is. I don't... I missed the entire... I'm not going to say I missed the Iron Maiden thing, because I didn't. Because of Todd, I knew what all the Iron Maiden stuff. I don't know. I couldn't hum one single Dawkins song. I'm sure if you play it for me, I would know it, right? Oh, maybe I had the Trooper. Yeah, I think I had the Trooper. Oh, well, well, that makes sense. The Trooper was big. Did you like, like, Motley Crue and stuff? No, I wasn't really a fan of the crew, bro. <laughs> of the crew. You, you, well, you liked the first record. Don't act like you didn't. Shout at the devil and all that stuff? Of course. Yeah, sure. How did we get on this? We were talking about Fair Fawcett. I don't know. I have no idea how we end up talking about anything. 
But people but love what people had on their walls when they were kids. I know. So do, so when was the day? And don't worry. I'm, I'm gonna. Cut, You're gonna cut all this out. Cut, well, not all of it, but I'm gonna cut most of the. You know, because we're obviously just rambling. But now I'm curious. So, so there, what, what was the day? There's the trooper. Oh yeah, I know that. I know the trooper one for sure. Let me, um, let me see if I can find two minutes to midnight. What was the day that you'd go? When's Dave's like? You know. I don't think I'm into metal. I think that I like new wave stuff. And you turn into when is when is the birth of old waver? Back then, new waver. Like what? What happened? Uh, I went to high school. Okay. And I made a whole new set of friends in high school. Cause your high school friends weren't at your same junior high. Uh, no, well, and also my. I mean, you're talking to small town T here, so yeah, my, I don't really also know. Also, my uh, my high school friends were older than me, so. Like Manny and Craig. Yeah, yeah. So, I ended up befriending people who were older than me, and wiser than me, that turned me on to different music. And they're like, "We're going to Monopolies." Yeah. So I. I was into metal because I didn't know any better and because that's what I found and that's what my friends liked. And I mean, to this day, I will listen to the crap out of some Maiden or some Metallica. Really? I, for some reason, the whole like, I think the Iron Maiden thing, because they were older, like Def Leppard. Right. That I know all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, but I, Megadeth and Metallica never ever listened to one bit of that ever in my, I think that when I changed to all keyboard synth drum machine stuff mm-hmm. was before that happened and, okay well and t- and tonight so tonight we're gonna entered. listen to Dawkin no and, we're not and we're going to listen uh to um we can listen to we're Rat gonna, we're gonna listen to it. Ride the Lightning no all the way through I'm against everything happening tonight unless it's just Rat no but I did um I did end up uh, just running with a different group of friends, and it's I do vividly remember at some point, because this was pre-CDs, so I had all these cassette tapes. You had mixtapes. People were giving you tapes like, hey. Well, I had mixtapes, but I also had tapes that I went and bought at Sound Warehouse or Camelot or whatever. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. That sounds Um... So I had all of these tapes, uh, you know, in in like big cases in my room, and I remember vividly taking them all to to half price books mm-hmm. and getting rid of them because I was like, I'm done with metal. So you had like your 24 hour party people moment that yes. you were like, this is it. Yes. Okay. So then there's no turning back. Yes. Did you do I, anything weird with your hair or your clothes? No. I just grew my hair out. I, I really, I really wasn't a good new wave kid. What do you think the bridge was? Do you think it was like U two? The bridge? Because U two's a good bridge from yeah rock and roll to yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of. I mean, it may have been full on just like the Cure. It might have been. My life definitely changed with 
New Order technique. Yeah. That totally reframed my the way I looked at music because when I was when I was a metal kid, mm-hmm. I was always wanting to find the heaviest thing. I, I wanted. I must, I must not have ever been a full fledged metal. No, kid. no, no. I don't think I was. No, I, I, I wanted things to sound real kick ass and heavy. And then when I, when I, when I heard, when I heard New Order Technique, uh-huh. that totally flipped the script. And all I wanted was to hear things that sounded like the future. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, there's there's the two minutes to midnight poster. Man, you had that in your room? Yeah, I had that in my room. Oh, man. And here, here's the Somewhere in Time poster. I've never seen that. That's You've never weird. seen that? Is that a, a later, like a... Yeah, Somewhere in Time was like, what, 91? So when you went to your, um, and I think we've talked about this before... You went to your new wave phase. What were the two um, heavier bands that you kept? If you were gonna name two or three that you were. Are you like, kidding me? That you're keeping from your uh, heavy days. Somewhere in time came out in '86. Yeah. God damn. I thought it was like '90 or '89. I'm so stupid. You're, uh, you're, what was the question? Because it it got caught in my cobwebs. <laughs> They were my cobwebs. I have them too, especially after four beers. When uh, when you went from, because I'm always curious about this, and I think we've discussed this before. I know I've talked about this with Dingu. Because yeah, yeah. If you because, thought I man, was metal, he, he was seriously he metal. So when you went on to talking other, about Danny Bayless, yeah. When you went on to other music, um, and you went to new wave. I think he went more the kind of American, the Wilco thing. Yeah, Uncle Tupelo and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's probably pavement, like you were saying yeah. before, all that kind of thing. Um, so, what were the? If you were going to name two bands that you kept from your metal days, what were they? Because I think we all kept the same bands, uh, and I, one of them wasn't super metal at first, but then they became metal. I don't know what you're going to say, but Iron Maiden for sure, and. I mean, yes, Rat. Mm-hmm. And, Every, everyone keeps Rat. And I'm pre-Hysteria Def Leppard. But I, I would probably say Metallica. Oh, you kept Metallica? Yeah. See, be- I don't even include Def Leppard because they were such a pop band. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they crossed over and became way more than metal. Yeah, they're, they're pop. So I don't include... Everyone kept... Def Leppard around because you couldn't help it. They were everywhere on everything. You always kept Rat, but to New Wave kids, the Cult started off as a New Wave band. Right? Yeah, I don't consider them metal. But they became metal. Uh, Yeah, Electric certainly was metal, but I I still to this day don't consider them metal. But even later on when they got super heavy, Sonic Temple still Sonic Temple still I I love that record. I don't consider that Sanctuary and all that. That was an, that was a new wave band. Yeah, but then later on when they got heavy, we still stuck with them. Yeah, for some reason. 
Rat was a metal band always, and for for some reason, for some reason, Rat sticks with all new wave people, right? There was something or is about it just them. The no, I, there were there was there was something about them because they they just had a sensibility where they were they were cool and. They didn't take themselves super seriously. Right, they had Milton Berle in their video. Yeah, because he was like the singer's uncle, right? Wasn't that right? Stephen Piercy's uncle? Yeah, wasn't he? I'm going to have to Google that. <laughs> like, that's why he was in the video, because I think he was related to it. But, um, and I'm pretty sure Martha Quinn told me that. Okay. <laughs> the video briefly features comedian Milton Berle, whose nephew Marshall Burl was Rat's band manager at the time. Oh, the manager. Yeah. Okay, see, we always heard it was the singer. It's better if you believed that Stephen Piercy was related to Milton Berle. See, but, but back then, you can see how that would have, before you can look that up, right. how, how we, yeah, we would have been That confused. rumor would spread like wildfire. Yeah, like the Rod Stewart stomach pump thing. I don't know what you're talking about. What would be pumped out of his stomach? I don't know. Nachos. You want to hear my do you want to hear my guilty pleasure? Yes. And it kind of goes with a theme that I've had for the last uh, couple of episodes. If Wh that makes which any is? sense. Well, I'll see what you think afterwards. See if you, see if you can find the theme. Is it Dawkins? Is it Grim Reaper? Dave. Is it Halloween? It will never, ever be Dawkins. Um, is it Crocus? <laughs> what was the religious striper? <laughs> yeah, striper. Or armored saint. <laughs> was the guitar player from Dawkins? Was he an Austin guy? George Lynch? Isn't he like so. a Texas guy? I don't know. You make me Google you that know, now. No, don't look it up. I don't care at all. You like how I just whipped out George Lynch real quick? Jeez. What sucks is, is I knew that. George Lynch is from Spokane. Spokane, Austin? Washington. Oh, sorry. All right, I'm not going to set this next song up. This is what I want you to do. By the way, uh, <laughs> the, the guitarist from Great White claims that uh, George Lynch invented tapping before Eddie Van Halen. People can invent stuff, and that's fine, because he uh, all of, uh, fell asleep on the couch one night and touched the fretboard with his fingers, and that's fine. But Eddie Van Halen made it famous. George I'm Lynch. sure that there was tons of people that have touched the... Um, you you want to know who I think invented it? Les Paul. I'm pretty sure that he, at some point, reached up on his fretboard and tapped it when he invented the electric guitar. How about that? Great But bike. did he ever solo and shred in front of a thousand people? Les Paul? Yeah. Did he ever tap on the fretboard in front of thousands of people? Yeah. I'm guessing he did. No, he didn't. Look it up. You know what? You know what else about George Lynch? 
He uh, auditioned to be Ozzy's guitarist and lost out to Randy Rhodes. Yeah, because Randy Rhodes is way better. No, he's not. You're lying if you don't think Randy Rhodes is better. They're equally as good. (laughs) Play your song! This next song has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. It sounds... I really wish that I was pulling up um, Lay It Down by Rat right now. <laughs> Don't you wish that that's what I was doing? <laughs> that would be the greatest ever. Yeah, it is not that. Um, let me turn down this other jam. George Lynch's awesome. Are you ready? Yes, I can't wait. Let's see if you know where this is from. was not lay it down 
what does that remind you of? I can't even begin to guess, but it sounds so familiar. I was saying, I, I, I know I've heard it very recently, but drawn a blank. It's, uh, it, well, the theme I was talking about is, you know, I love things on commercial. <laughs> right, yeah. I know I've heard it on commercial. It's that, uh, the new iPhone X. Okay. Commercial. And there's a, um, and this is what, this is the reason why I looked it up. So the guy is in, it looks like he's in a flea market. Oh, and he's trying on. And he'll like point at yeah, something. Yeah, he and tries then, on then like a suit and then a hat. And then it'll and be on him and then the feather gets in his hat and the, at the end. Yeah. So I'm thinking, if this guy is singing this song, he's going to be the most famous artist at this point next year for sure. But it's not him? No, he's obviously a model. He's too good looking. Right? But you know the commercial I'm talking about. Yes, I totally know it. So when you see that kid on there, don't you... Th but I think that I've seen him in model stuff. Like, he's a... Have you ever seen that guy before? Well, there's a poster of him right there. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> but I really wanted him to be the... The singer? Because he looks so, you know... You wanted him to be Leon Bridges? Yes. But he's not. He's the model. The band is called Wolfpack. How do you spell that? <laughs> V-U-L-F-Peck. P-E-C-K? Yeah. Look that up. That's stupid. Of course it's some white dudes from Ann Arbor. And what's the, what's the name of the tune? Um, Back Pocket. Back Pocket? Yeah, they were like in the music department at University of Michigan. And if you go on Wolfpack stuff, most of the time they just have put out EPs like we were talking about before, because people can't handle more than an EP these days. But they even have their own compressor for like audio nerds and stuff, that if you, you can buy the Wolfpack compressor to make it sound like Wolfpack songs and stuff. But they play pretty big places, like I think they're playing Red Rocks coming up. Hmm. But they're like a funk band. And I'm yeah. not sure I'm not sure I think that they bring on extra singers every now and then, but I think one of the dudes sings most of the stuff, but I, I don't know a ton about them. But it's one of the it's part of the I was gonna do this entire show of all commercial songs that I love, but I I'm gonna keep saving them. <laughs> what? Do you hate my commercial thing? It's the no, only way I get new music. But yeah, but you have so much old music. I know, but I can't just keep playing old music. I mean, I guess I can. I was gonna play Roxy music, but here's the which other album? Thing. Here's the other thing that I'm thinking about doing from here on out. Tell me what you think. Well, uh, before you say that, okay. I well, mean, I what did, did you think of this song? I I do like it, but I I like it as. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure background music. You're right. It's something that, that if it comes on in the background, you're like, ah, oh, this is so nice. But, of course, I wanted it to be the... You know, I thought we were you about wanted, to, you wanted to, be we were about to you come wanted... across the new Shuggy Otis. Yeah, you know what you, I mean? Like, yeah. this is going to be the new Shuggy. You wanted to discover someone. And um, But I did discover Wolfpack. No, they're, think just, they're, totally they're just nerds weird. from Ann Arbor. They're totally nerds. But I'm into them. If they came around Houston, I'd go see him. I don't 
don't think they're going to make it to Houston. They probably won't. I understand that. But no, we we definitely need you. Yes, we need you to geek out about commercials, but we also need you to keep, keep, us, keep us grounded in, yeah. in what makes the music that we love great. Well, that's why, okay, so that's why I didn't make it a full commercial, like all new stuff. I like to keep the in the guilty pleasure stuff, whether it's old or new, as the last tune. But I think that I might start doing from here on out for the, at least the next three or four things that all have something to do with the other one. Sure. Like this band connects to this group, connects to this dude as a progression for this reason. Okay. And if you ever. If you ever want to do a totally themed episode and you want me to play along, mm-hmm. just give me a heads well, up. Well, there'll be much. There'll be bigger bands that we need to do that with, but yeah. then there'll be a few that there's only like three we need to play. But I already have it set up for the next one. Okay. Should I give you a tease? Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of and say what I'm about to say? Yes. If you are. Highly anticipating the May episode of HTWOW, you will hear Toby talk about... Have you have you ever heard of the British Electric Foundation? Yes. But you can't think of it right but I now. Can't, but I can't tell you anything about it. The next episode, the theme for my part will be on that. Was that in uh, Synth Britannica? Great that the piano faded up. I know. It looks. It was a very like important moment. <sighs> Are you ready? Do you want me to crank up some Sundays? Yeah, we need to get out of here because uh, God this knows this could last forever. We are already. Oh my God. God knows we have gotten really, really tanked and rambled for a really long time. I don't. I don't really know when this is going to start up. Should I just? Just punch in. Just. Just go for it. This is better than anything we played on this episode. Oh, for sure.
so much for listening to episode 10, April 2018 of HDWOW. We love you so much, but we love the Sundays more. Be well, everybody. That was a, we ended that well. <laughs> it's usually a disaster. <laughs>